Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show as we are on the cusp of the start of the 2023 season. I thought you were going to say we were on the cusp of me going out of town again. Well, there's that too. <laughs> Which, by the way, I am still, I am not waiting for you to get back to watch the first race. That's good because I plan on watching it where I'm going. Okay. That's I, fine. I can handle that. I will figure somehow I will figure that out. And maybe this weekend we'll, or this week we'll start Drive to Survive because we haven't even started that. I know. But we have so many more seasons of Big Bang Theory. And we still have episodes of The Great Pottery Throwdown. And then there's also Young Sheldon. Yes. We have plenty to watch. I know. It's really difficult because, you know, I have... You know stuff that I have to do now because I added work to my life. Yeah, well, that will not hold up our watching of Formula One races. Completely understood. Okay, but you know how to make watching a Formula One race <clears throat> even more exciting? Doing it blindfolded on the back deck. No. Doing it inside of an actual Formula One car that's being driven by a Formula One driver. Um, uh, Okay, possible. However, the way you can really amp up the enjoyment of watching a Formula One race is by participating in the Bloke and the Bird Fantasy League. Oh, see, I I went off in a different direction. Yeah, like... (laughs) (laughs) You made it weird. (laughs) I thought I was on to something there. (laughs) You made it weird. So, yes, the Fantasy GP League, it is live. It is active. Now that testing is over, um, the valuation, actually just before testing went in, the valuations were put in for uh, the teams and the drivers. So now is the time to set up your team and to make your picks. Um, And then join the league. And you join the league, you'll need league access code 148 Exactly. One four eight three one four nine one. Now I'm just saying I won the league last year, and so I'm coming in as the reigning champion. I'm putting number one on my car. I am. Oh the really? Champion. You're gonna put one on because I deserved the you, win. You because you I deserved rubbed, the win. You rubbed Max Verstappen's nose in it win. last year, and he was being a snot and being a snob because he was. But this year, oh, you can do it, and it's totally okay. He wouldn't have won the world champion and had the number one had Michael Massey not given it to him. Ooh. Burn. Yeah, but still. So therefore, you he said, didn't deserve it. You said he was being a snot and he was being arrogant because he was running the number one and Lewis never did that. See? So if you were being like your idol Lewis, you wouldn't have number one on your car. No, but I am going to have, because I deserve the win. I am going to have the number one on my car. Didn't Sebastian Vettel put number one on his, <coughs> on his car? And he didn't do very well in that season. Oh, he put the number one on the four of uh, the well, the three subsequent years he had the yeah. world champion. Yeah, and then afterward, during the first year of the turbo hybrid era, he put number one on his car, and that was the yeah, year. Yeah, but that wasn't the first time he did it. Oh no, he put the number one after <clears throat> he won the first time, and then he won four in a row. So for the three years 
after he won those four championships, he always had the number one. Because you get you have the option to have the number one if you won the world championship the year prior. Lewis chose has chosen not to do that and to keep the four the forty four on his car. As a tribute to Ayrton Senna. His idol. Well, that and because He's always run with 44, and he just, he wants to do that. And for him, it's a statement of humility. I don't know if it's, that's necessarily it. I choose to believe that. Meanwhile, you are going to run with the number one, not out of humility. We we all caught that. If I knew how to, if I owned one and knew how to spike a football and it was at all appropriate, I would be spiking a football right now. Because I won the series. Woo, woo. You'd hurt somebody. That's Probably why we Probably yourself. <laughs> Probably. I think, I think Ted from the studio staff is worried about his <laughs> life right now. Can we... That's why nobody gives me a football. All right. Speaking of arrogance, what is happening? I... I'm giving I'm giving you all of these segues and you are not taking you're just, any you're of just them. You're just punting into Formula One there. I, I did. Ge- general F1 arrogance is where you're headed with this. Well, maybe, but I think you might have a story that I can make that segue happen. So, you know, we've heard rumblings to this effect before. They're getting a bit louder now that um, the existing teams in the paddock, possibly not McLaren and Alpine because they have a vested interest in this, but at least for the rest of the the group, um, that they are pushing for the dilution fee for a new team to join the sport as in andretti to be tripled from 200 million dollars to 600 million dollars now what what do you think the over under is on are they wanting to triple it because it's andretti or because they want it for any possible team that would possibly enter the sport honestly I think we'll know more about that in another month or two. Okay. Because, you know, rumor has it there are three teams, three groups that are vying for entries. We know we have Andretti Cadillac, who it's been confirmed will run rebadged Renault engines. Mm. Um, We know we have them. There is a Chinese group that is rumored to be preparing a package and has expressed interest. And there is another Indian group Mm. that, as far as we know, Vijay Malia is not affiliated with this group. Well, I mean, how can he do his financial stylings? Yeah. Um, But word is there's an Indian group as well. So there's three different groups if all three are told that they've got to pay $600 million, we, we can't say that this is an Andretti tax. Um, and, you know, where that $200 million came from, and, and it's the, the, the big, I think, justification is, you know, that was agreed upon in the Concord Agreement. That Concord Agreement went into effect after... Um, uh, what the the name of the capital group that bought Williams? Uh, you're gonna ask but, me. But after Williams was purchased, that's when it came into play. So um, Doralton, Doralton Capital. 
So Doralton escaped having to pay it. But the other thing is that, and, and, and this is kind of important to realize, that dilution fee is only for new teams entering the grid. Correct. Should you buy a team like Doralton did, you don't, you don't, pay don't, you don't get hit with the dilution fee. Because technically you are not diluting the prize fund. <clears throat> yeah. On top of all of those changes, there's there's been a lot of talk over some sightings that have been that have occurred in Milton Kynes at the Red Bull plant. Interesting. Specifically one Zach Brown has been spotted at the Red Bull facilities in the days prior to winter testing. What is Mr. Did he, Zach get lost? Did his sat nav not work? We don't know. Um there's been a lot of questions of what it actually means that Zach Brown has been spotted over at the Red Bull. And it was at the Red Bull facilities, not like he was driving past or something like that. He actually was there and yeah. So there's some questions if maybe there might be a partnership about to get sprung uh, between... Red Bull powertrains and Ford and McLaren. That's interesting. Yeah. I I got nothing on that one, but Zach, what you, what are you doing? Yeah, that that that's going to be interesting to see if anything comes out of that. Um, but that's not all the news that's been going on around the Red Bull camp. Oh. So there was a story last weekend. In Auto Motor Unsport. Okay. And, you know, what we know about German, besides the fact that it's a German language publication, what we know about Auto Motor Unsport is that they actually have a really good record when it comes to predicting something that Red Bull is going to do. Interesting. Helmet Marco seems to talk to them quite a bit. Okay. Any examples of this happening? Well, we've talked about it over the years. So they are a fairly credible source. Um, But the story that came out in the last week suggested that the future of Alpha Tori is up in the air after disappointing results last year. Specifically that the Red Bull organization as a whole is a bit frustrated over the fact that here you had the Red Bull Formula One team win the Constructors' Championship, win the Drivers' Championship, and then you have the child team, the B team. They only ended up in ninth. But, okay, but there are so many variables in that sentence that we don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming Red Bull is better funded than Alpha Tori. We know that... AlphaTauri has more junior drivers, and I understand that there are rules around how much information sharing can be. They don't have the same car. They don't, to some extent. When, when you look at previous year's performance from that squad, this was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But you've also got to remember what that team was built to do and, and what it was, had historically been expected to do is that was supposed to be the development team for Red Bull. That's where drivers like Sebastian Vettel came up. 
That's where Max Verstappen came up. That's where Carlos Sainz came up. That was supposed to be the finishing school for drivers to move up into the parent team. And that's how it worked up until Sergio Perez joined the team. Mm. And since Alex Albin, and even Alex Albin arguably was a stretch to bring him up when they did, since Alex, there hasn't been a driver in the AlphaTauri program who's been considered to be a potential candidate here to move up into the the parent team. Well, and they've already said that Pierre Gasly was going to stay there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he had a shot. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why he went back to AlphaTauri was because they didn't have anybody else to put in a seat. Well, that's the reason Sergio Perez got put in that mm-hmm. seat. Was He had no place to go and they didn't have any butt to put in it. Yeah. I mean, so, so with all those variables, I'm not necessarily surprised that they are lagging so far behind their A-team. Well, another part of it, too, is that that seat at Red Bull is a high-pressure seat for them. They keep having junior drivers that have just... But but keep in mind, though, that that's the whole point of AlphaTauri, is to groom these drivers so that they're ready to move into that high-pressure seat of Red Bull. Because you're right. You're, you're completely right. That is, by design, you know, they put a driver in there. Their expectations are extremely high for that driver on the Red Bull team. And the thought is, by grooming them in AlphaTauri, they're prepping them to move into it. They haven't done that recently. And they, the, the the bigger issue isn't even so much that they haven't been able to bring a driver up into from AlphaTauri into Red Bull. It's that they can't even find drivers right now in their junior system to populate AlphaTauri. Right. It, it basically the the reality is their young driver program is faltering. It, it it's struggling. So what the the rumor that that. Automotor and Sport hat has published is that Red Bull is evaluating whether costs could be dramatically cut with the AlphaTauri team by moving them out of their factory in Fonzia, Italy, up to the UK. Wow. If that does not appear to be feasible, the rumor is that the team will be put up for sale. Hmm. So if the team were to actually get put up for sale and there was, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm spitballing, maybe mm-hmm. an American team with a nice big automotive backer that wanted to buy it, they could avoid what I'm lovingly calling the Andretti tax of $600 million or possibly $200 million. Exactly. And not oh, only that. Michael, you might want to call somebody. <laughs> and not only that, but it means... He would buy a team that he would buy an organization that already has the tooling in place to build from the ground up, short of the engine, an F1 car. They know how to design it, they know how to build the chassis, unlike Haas. Mm-hmm. They know how everything works, they know how to build a pit lane. 
and a pit garage. The only thing he'd have to buy is a motorhome because he couldn't share the, the Red Bull energy station anymore. Right. But something tells me that the Andretti organization may actually already have a motorhome or two. They're different motorhomes. Remember, we, we, we've been inside the Andretti hospitality. And while, yes, you should try the fish because the food is very good. <laughs> and the fish is good. The Andretti hospitality has absolutely nothing on the Red Bull Energy Station or any other motorhome in Formula One. Well, yes, but for a baseline design, I mean, they could probably start with their own motorhome. No, no, not at all. Because remember, the origaminess it, of their motorhomes. Yeah, I mean, keep, keep in mind, and Andretti's is still working out of U.S. spec tractor trailer backs that expand as opposed to the 16 tractor trailers that completely get disassembled and built into something completely new it's pretty much an origami experiment and then some so helmet marco has said because you know he's never afraid to comment you know who may be more likely to comment than helmet and this is saying a lot the only person that is more likely to comment than helmet and that would be um, Haas's... Gunther Steiner? Gunther. Yeah. Um, Helmut Marco has said that in general, we don't comment on rumors. Oh. We make rumors. We don't... <laughs> he said, we don't comment on rumors. It's understandable that Alpha Tori can't be satisfied with what it achieved last year. Ninth place in the Constructors' Championship. But such a decision is entirely up to the shareholders. There, these are rumors that we do not comment on in detail. <laughs> All right, so the emphasis was mine. But still, I thought that was interesting. That there, Not that we can't comment, that we can't comment in detail. So we're going to comment, but not comment in detail. So there are some rumors that there has been a site identified in the UK that, that's um not really adjacent to the Red Bull facility I mean there there's no shortage of industrial parks industrial estates I'm sorry hmm. in you know the Oxford Valley that could accommodate a formula 1 team Sure But that'd be a hefty cost and would that come under the cost cap Well one of the things that you've got to wonder, though, is, you know, with the Alpha Tori team operating out of Fonzia, are there benefits from the fact that they're still within an EU country and dealing with EU regulations and all of the various bits of being within the EU, as opposed to picking up that team and moving it into the UK, which is technically no longer part of the EU? That definitely could be a piece of the puzzle that needs to be sorted out. But I'm mean, gonna throw this one out at you. You know, we we the let's say they don't get sold. Let's say they move to Motorsport Valley. Mm-hmm. You now have a facility in Fonzia looking for a buyer. You do. I mean, yes, you wouldn't have the the talent that necessarily goes, but. 
keep in mind, some number of people are not going to want to leave their lives, their families in Italy. They'll, they'll get jobs with Ferrari or some of the junior teams. There's enough. Fonzia is just south of Bologna mm-hmm. and Marinello and... So it's, it's Motorsport Valley of mm-hmm. Italy. I mean, it, it, it's not particularly far from the Lamborghini factory. It's not particularly far from the Bagani factory. It's not particularly far from the Ferrari factory or Ducati or all of those other companies that are doing performance motorsports. So there, there's plenty of places there. And if you're Andretti... Honestly, I don't think that the, the Fonzia facility on its own, without the team to go with it, is going to be particularly attractive because he's made it clear that he really wants to invest in developing that talent within Indianapolis. Oh, okay. You know, that that's where they wanted to build the facility was to expand the Andretti Autosport facility in Indy hmm. and bring that expertise there. That's interesting. Okay. So, I'm just throwing it out there that there might be some property. I mean, maybe the Chinese or the Indian, the not VJ, yeah. um, the <laughs> not VJ Indian team might want the Fonzia facility. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. This could still go either way, but little foreshadowing. There's a prediction about that. Oh, I should start thinking about I thought, those. I thought that was a good one there. Okay. Um, so, um, just a, well, actually, while I was editing last week's podcast, that's okay. when this happened. While I was editing last week's podcast, showing up in my feeds was a breaking news story that Lance Stroll suffered a training exercise while bike while cycling. He suffered an accident during a training exercise while cycling. Not he suffered a training exercise. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you sure that this was an on purpose sort of thing in which he finally realized that he wasn't good at at Formula One driving and he decided to get himself out of it? I think more anyway. that he just realized he was not good at bicycling. Well, oh. anyway... Since I didn't even get to finish. You're the one that mixed up all of those words in a word salad. He got a (laughs) boo-boo on his bicycle. Did daddy need to kiss it and make it better? I don't know. He got a boo-boo on his bicycle. um, And we don't know exactly what happened. There were rumors that he broke both of his wrists. There were rumors that he broke a wrist. A wrist. Wrist. Thank you. <laughs> that he broke a wrist. Um, however, he was not medically cleared to drive for the winter testing. Um, and Aston Martin had called up Felipe, Felipe Drugovich to fill in for him alongside Fernando Alonso. I have a very important question. Okay. Was he concussed? We don't know. Maybe he was concussed. Was he concussed but not concussed? Well, the other the other question was did this training incident on his bicycle involve a passing car <laughs> turning into a supermarket? 
That that is also possible. <laughs> it's interesting that they, these all seem to involve the same driver. Hmm. hmm. It must be that... a curse. <clears throat> it's a coincidence. Well, Fernando passed it off to his teammate now. Yeah. It's the curse of Fernando. Yeah. All right, um, so tell me about this Drukovic. Uh, Formula 2 uh, standout is what we'll say. We, we talked about him last week, that he was part of the pool of uh, reserve drivers that were Aren't they available. glad they have a pool? Yeah. But, you know, oddly, and I, and I still don't really understand why they did this. So they went with Felipe as opposed to, oh, Stoffel. Stoffel's part of that pool, too. And the argument was, well, Felipe, even though Felipe's never driven a Formula One car, he's more familiar with the testing protocols and the test plan. Okay. I, but was he a part of the testing during F1 testing? Well, he, he was this week because um, Lance is not medically cleared to drive the car. Okay. Um, at this point, uh, Aston Martin is saying that, uh, Lance is being closely monitored and is, uh, will be evaluated regularly to determine if he will be able to drive. He was concussed. Well, it's whether, how, it's more the, how many wrists did he break? <laughs> four. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely, it was four. Um, no, going back to why not Stoffel, Drukovic has probably been in a car more recently than Stoffel <clears throat> has. Well, Stoffel's been in Formula E cars. Yeah, but they're not Formula One cars. Yeah. So. But yeah. an F2 car is not a Formula One car either. So what's the over-under and the differences between an F2 car versus a Formula E car? I mean, gotta think about it. And, and also the fact that Stoffel has F1 experience. He does. So, as of right now, what Aston Martin has said is, like I mentioned, they are continuing to evaluate Lance's condition and have not made a decision. But if Lance is not able to drive for uh, race one next weekend, Felipe will be getting the call. For Bahrain? Yeah. Race it- one next weekend. Right. Isn't there a secondary rumor about if Lance... I hadn't gotten that far yet. I'm going there. So the other rumor that's flying around is that if Lance is unable to drive past race one, so if he's unable to for race two and race three, that potentially Aston Martin might call up Sebastian Vettel out of retirement. Hey, wait a minute. Didn't Sebastian Vettel say that he was just done with Formula One? But think about what the team would be if it was Sebastian Vettel. The other teammate is Fernando Alonso. Old rivals coming back together? They would have six world championships between them on that team. Seven. Mm -hmm. Because I thought Vettel was a four-time world championship. Oh. I'm I'm miscounted. Four plus two is still six. (laughs) Darn. (laughs) (laughs) So we will, we'll see how that shakes out. 
Um, we haven't heard anything from even Sebastian as to whether or not he's considering this as a possibility. We don't know how valid that rumor really is, do we? What we know is that the team has not knocked it down. But it could also be something that's just circulating in the Twitterverse. It, it, it could be. The team has not knocked it down. Um, apparently, Mike Crack was asked about it. And what everyone is saying is, well, he didn't say no. <laughs> it was, we will evaluate as the time comes. Which everyone is taking to be, he didn't say no. Okay. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Alrighty. I still need to know if Stroll was concussed. <clears throat> I think this is the ultimate question. I mean, I'm still wondering if Fernando is concussed. No, we got that answer. <laughs> we got that answer years ago. Yeah, it was. Ron sorted it out for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. He explained it that he was concussed, but not concussed. Two months later. Yes. So, we had winter testing. The cars were on the track. Um, for the most part, testing was fairly drama-free. Um, very few cars blowing up. Um, a lot of folks were remarking on how all of the teams put in a lot of laps. Um, and a lot more laps than we have seen in previous years. Um, the other thing that's been that was quickly noticed is that these cars are very much an evolution on last year's car, last year's designs, and the speeds have picked up. Across the board, everybody is faster than they were last year. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, so that's the positive side. The other thing is it looks like with the changes in the rules around floor heights and stuff like that, besides the fact that the cars got faster, we are not hearing reports of porpoising. That was that's big news because last yes. year at testing that was the first thing that everybody porpoising porpoising. Mm -hmm. So maybe we don't have to talk about porpoising this year, and we can go back to the standard <clears throat> fabulous conversations of engine rules and tires. Tires are going to be a point of discussion this year because there's a vote coming up about whether or not to remove tire blankets. I don't like that plan. Um, so cars were out on the track. Mercedes had an up and down kind of series. You mean they were learning things? So Thursday they were, they were, they were ahead of the mid pack. They were running in third. Um, they rolled out some tweaks for Friday and Friday we, they were still in third, but Friday was a disaster for them. Okay. Um, they they were struggling with handling. They were struggling with balance. Um, the, but things were not as they should be. Uh, Friday night, there was some significant um, analysis of what they did and the impacts that it had. They think they have sorted things out. Saturday went much better. Um but they still ended up third on the timesheets. Okay. So, not great. The Red Bull is looking extremely strong. You know, we were talking last year, especially after, or at the end of the last qualifying session, how Max was looking kind of happy with the car and they were kind of trying to hide it and talk it down. 
This year, they're not doing that at all. Uh, this year, it was very clear that the car is well sorted. Max had no, and, and this there was one thing that I was kind of wondering. So Max had no problem coming to grips with this car and doing well with it and, and performing well with it. Sergio, his first session out there, he struggled quite a bit. Um, struggled with the balance, struggled with the line. So I, I'm kind of wondering if there is a significant difference in their driving styles and therefore the setups that they need. I, I would not be surprised, nor would I be surprised that Red Bull has designed the car for Max. Mm-hmm. Now, Saturday, where Sergio was in the car the whole day, because um, the way they split up, Max got all of day one, he got half of day two, Sergio got half of day two, and all of day three. Saturday, Sergio wasn't struggling with the car at all. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking that they figured out whatever the settings were that Sergio needed for Saturday, and that cleaned that up. Um, it looks, word is the, the Alpha Tori is struggling again. Mm. Um, the question is where the Williams and the um, Haas are sitting around that Alpha Tori. Interesting. The other thing, the other team that everyone is kind of a buzz about, shockingly, is Aston Martin. The the car appears to be very well sorted. It appears to be performing extremely well, at least under Fernando Alonso. It is performing extremely well. Um, and depending on who you talk to, they're either putting that that car in fourth or in third. Oh, wow. wow. Depending on who you talk to. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, Alpine... They say that they've got an upgrade coming for race one that should move things up a bit. Uh, overall, no one was particularly impressed with them. Um, but it does sound like McLaren's in trouble. Uh-oh. It sounds like McLaren's in a lot of trouble. Um, so the first thing we heard was before we even had testing start, McLaren admitted that they missed their aerodynamic performance targets with this car. Uh oh, yeah. Um, what we what we have heard so far is that the car is very draggy, um, which obviously is slowing it down quite a bit. It's making the car a bit hard to handle. Um, we have heard that there is some degree of frustration, at least coming out of Lando Norris, and Oscar has not been challenging at all. Um, but one of the things that that folks are saying is while it looks like they're behind the eight ball and the team says that they're, they're behind at no point does anybody think that mclaren was really trying high power runs either hmm. so there's that but the team is very quick to say that this car is very draggy um they recognized where their issue was with the design of this car and and from looking at last year's data they they realized what the issue was but by the time they realized what the issue was, they were so far down the line with the design of this car, they can't change direction yet. Oh. <clears throat> they are another team like Mercedes that is really pegging upgrades targeted for Azerbaijan as boosting performance significantly. Interesting. 
We don't know if that's how it's going to work, but that is what they're targeting. Interesting. The other thing that has set the pit lane abuzz is Haas's um, pit wall structure. Okay. So we never talk about pit walls. We, we, very rarely do we talk about them. What's special about them is that they have six seats on them, so that way they can have like each like one person that's very important to like a team on over there. So I figured that this is important to go over the definition of a pit wall, so that because we haven't talked about them in like a, a while. <coughs> so what in the world would make people? A buzz about a pit wall. Well, one of the, th- the things to point out is that, yeah, just like everybody else, Haas's pit wall had six seats. It, it, it's transported in two sections, but Haas was a little odd because really they only used four of them. Okay. So one of those seats, which never got used, was reserved for Jean. Oh. Okay. He never used it, but it was reserved for him whether he was there or not. So there was one empty seat always. The other one, they didn't really use it all that much anyway. So they had a discussion about what they could do. um, And they made the decision to actually cut it in half. Um, They have the, the three seats that will be there. Um, Gunther Steiner, team manager, Peter, uh, Peter Krola, and director of engineering, Ayu Komatsu. Okay. They will be the only ones sitting on the pit wall. Um, the chief strategist who had been there, who is the, the four seat, they've been moved to the garage. Interesting. And as a result, by cutting that pit wall structure in half, they are saving $250,000. Other teams have six people sitting at the pit wall. So why was it that Haas had had four people sitting at their pit pit wall before cutting it down to three? Well, they had the strategist there. Yeah, but like, what were the other two seats at like the other team's pit walls for? That they it it depends on the team. It, it, it's different for every team. Sometimes it's a team principal. Um, sometimes it is race engineers who are sitting there. Um, for Red Bull, we know it's the, the sporting director. Uh, he, he has a seat on this, on the pit wall. Um, but it depends on the team who sits there. And like in, in, uh, alternatively, if you look at Mercedes, Toto doesn't sit on the pit wall. Right. So it's not all team principals sit on the pit wall, but I think, uh, Bono sits on the pit wall in Mercedes. I, I believe so. Christian Horner sits on the pit wall over at Red Bull. Um, but it depends on the team because Mattia Bonotto is not always on the pit wall. Sometimes he's in the garage, sometimes he's on the pit wall. So basically what you're saying is that Haas has recognized that they were carting around two seats for no apparent reason. And since the pit wall actually came in two sections, one was a three each having three seats, if they could figure out how to have only three people on their pit wall, they'd only have to cart around half the sections. They'd only have to cart around half the sections and they save the month, the transportation costs. So my question is, is that $250,000 per race or is that $250,000 over the entire season? Which 
Well, I'm not going to argue with $250,000. If it's over the whole season, that's not a lot of money. Well, so Gunther Steiner puts it to, well, first off, there's a reminder, one thing with Haas, thanks to their new sponsorship with MoneyGram and with Chipotle. Oh, Chipotle you're going to want to. I've, I've, already, I've already had calls from some of my uh, fellow children about how hyped they are for uh, that Chipotle sponsorship with Haas. <laughs> so is this going to make you sway your... your uh... Uh, allegiance that you're going to have to be not all, in the slightest all Haas because of the Chipotle connection not in the slightest okay but this is the first year well granted the the, the cost cap is in its second year um, but Haas is actually spending up to the cost cap this year they were not last year really thanks to the sponsorship thanks to move like this where they have an extra $250,000 to spend on the development of the car they're actually spending up to the cost cap. Interesting. But what Gunther says is that, you know, when you need to make efficiency, you look in everything. When you need money to invest in development because we have the cost cap, where do you put it? You have six people out there or a quarter of a million on car updates. I know what we are doing. And the guys came up with that idea. I said, if I need to stay inside, I have no problems as well. I don't need to be there. <laughs> they said with three seats, we can cover what we need to cover and we rearrange. But it's mainly a savings to put the money into development because we are at the cost cap. Wow. So. It'll be very interesting to see some of the smaller teams if they follow suit to what Haas is doing. I mean, I don't ever see, I don't expect to see Ferrari and Mercedes do that. But if somebody's struggling with cash and that could save them some money. Why not? Honestly, I could see Ferrari and Mercedes doing something like this. Because, again, there there's no reason that they can't relocate these engineers with the data connections that they have to anywhere in the garage or in the paddock. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, it does beg the question of how important is being on the pit wall. Mm-hmm. And interesting. So... With the start of the season, mm-hmm. let's get a rundown of who our commentators are going to be this year. And we're going to be talking about the Sky commentators because that's who will be part of the ESPN simulcast coverage. Well, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Channel 4 and Sky, UK Channel 4 and Sky. But we don't see Channel 4 anymore. We could if we wanted to. Oh. And honestly, we liked it. Their coverage was always really good. It really I mean, was. They, they took the crown from the BBC. Mm-hmm. Their coverage was really good. So those of you who are going to be watching uh, Channel 4's coverage, um, once again fronted by, by Steve Jones. He's good. I like he, him. He's, he's real. And we were suspicious of him when he started. I know. Um, but he really is coming to his own there. Uh, Alex Jacques will be uh, the chief F1 commentator. He's been the, the chief F1 commentator since 2021 uh, when he replaced Ben Edwards. Uh, he will be alongside David Cothard up in the commentary booth. The man with the tight pants. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Mark Weber will also be participating in their coverage. Uh, Billy Monger continues to be uh, participating in their coverage. Cool. He's, you know, I, I saw him a couple of times. He does actually a really good job. That's good to hear. And, uh, you know, it's nice to hear that he does uh, better than... Uh, 
uh, Nick, uh, Nico, Nico Rosberg. Ugh. Yeah, you're, you you haven't gotten away from Nico Rosberg. <sighs> I well, so want to get away from him. Anyway, also rounding out the the Sky or, or the Channel Four team, Lee McKenzie's back. Oh God. Um and. You know, I'm sure he's not going to be at every race, but word is Eddie Jordan will be back as well for at least some of the races over at Channel 4. The man with the flamboyant shirts. Eddie Eddie was always great. He was. I mean, it was nice in the Bernie years because he, like, he got oh, yeah. the stuff from Bernie. So the Sky Sports team. Yes. Um, Simon Lazenby will continue to be the main host, uh, joined by David Croft still. He... he Despite the flap that occurred over his comments regarding Max in the fall, he has not been fired. Uh, so David Croft remains with the team. Uh, Martin Brundle will again be joining, and and Ted Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Um, Karun Chandok uh, continues to do his technical analysis. I love his technical analysis. Uh, Anthony Davidson also joining with the technical analysis. Natalie Pinkin, Pinkham and Rachel Brooks uh we'll be doing some of the the additional coverage and Craig Slater. Now, we don't normally see Craig Slater in the broadcast. He does a lot of the coverage for the main Sky News and Sky Sports, but you see him occasionally as well. Um he had a great video for um the run up to Miami Grand Prix and the fake harbor. <laughs> he was one of the first to go swimming in the harbor. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Damon Hill will be returning, as will Nico Rosberg and Jensen Button. Yay! Uh, Also, Naomi Schiff will continue to... I like her. ...to participate as well. I think we'll see quite a bit of her. Cool. So, that brings us to the Five Live team. Yeah. On the BBC. I have not heard direct confirmation, but it's my assumption that uh, Jack Nichols and Jolian Palmer will still continue to be the main focus of that team. Um, Probably with Mark Priestley and a couple of other folks uh, stepping in here and there. Um, Unfortunately, though, it does sound like um, longtime BBC F1 analyst and friend of the show, Jenny Gao, will not be participating, at least for the start of the season. So, and and we didn't talk about this. We found out about it last month. Um, But at the end of December, we got word that Jenny had suffered a serious stroke. Mm. Um, And... To, to the point that it impacted motor skills, it impacted her uh, speech, uh, walking, typing, all of that stuff. She has been in recovery since she has been slowly recuperating. Um, about a month ago, we found out that at least um, she's starting to recover the ability to type and to, to write. Um, but she has not recovered enough to actually start broadcasting again. Uh, we got a message from her actually um, a couple of days ago, uh, just before testing started. She posted up on Twitter. So here we are at the beginning of another F1 season. Testing is almost underway, and we're just a couple of days from the launch of Drive to Survive Series 5. I'm gutted not to be well enough to return to the paddock and to bring you all the excitement. 
My recovery is progressing well considering eight weeks ago I wasn't able to move fully or speak at all. Hopefully I'll be back soon. In the meantime, let's hope for a, br a brilliant season and good luck to everyone involved. I'll be watching and listening. So we'll send out our best to Jenny and hope that her recovery is speedy, fast, and complete. And we look forward to her return. Yes. Um, so other changes going into to 2023. Um, don't know if we'll actually see him in Imola. But from Imola on, F1 will be rolling out new wet weather tires that are supposed to provide increased performance and not require tire blankets. So they don't need to be warmed. Oh, interesting. On top of that, we should see testing for the uh, proposed aero changes uh, for wet weather running as well. They're talking that unlike the tires, which are supposed to actually be fully in use and production for race weekends uh the arrow changes there's that's going to be testing this year mm -hmm. not actually implemented for racing as of yet okay so we should know a little bit more about that uh, uh in a couple of months they're still going to have to clarify the rules as to what happens with the arrow changes um we've also heard of changes coming to tracks uh, tweaks have been made to the DRS zones at Bahrain, Jeddah, Melbourne, Baku, and Miami in a hope to balance things out a bit better. There's concern that at some venues, the DRS passes had become too easy under the rules, so they've made some changes around that as well. Um, we know that Melbourne will be getting a fourth DRS zone to help close cars up, um, but we don't have full confirmation as to what those revisions are as of yet. We'll know that as we get closer. Um, as well as the DRS zones being changed, the FIA confirmed that resurfacing work is being carried out in Baku and Miami, which I think is hysterical considering all we heard about all the work that they did to make that surface perfect in Miami, <laughs> and it turned out it sucked. Um, <laughs> and Jetta continues to make tweaks to improve visibility. Okay. Um, it has also been agreed that there will be a, re a relaxation of rules regarding what radio messages can be sent between drivers and teams from now on. So if you remember, several years ago, there was a clampdown on what messages that the teams could send to the drivers because there was concern about the teams coaching the drivers too much. Mm -hmm. um, there's also changes to how Park Ferme is organized on sprint races. Teams will actually have more freedom to change parts that can be frequently damaged, and they're going to uh, use self-declared forms for, from the teams as a means of better policing themselves. Oh, interesting. Yeah, self-declared. So yeah, do you really think that's going to go well? <laughs> yeah, trusting the teams to you know fully disclose. That should be interesting. Yeah. Um, there's also tweaks to ensure that full points are only awarded for races that go near full distance with limited points for races that are cut short or cannot be run their full distance because of interruptions. Interesting. Um, it's also been agreed that a winter shutdown will be implemented for both teams and power unit manufacturers. Oh, interesting. So similar to the summer shutdown. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. And finally... Mm -hmm. Well, finally for our news before we get to the predictions. 
Um, the calendar for and format for the F1 Academy series has been revealed. So as a reminder, the F1 Academy series is junior series intended just for, for women to increase visibility of promising drivers in the junior series. Um, this is not an F2 equivalent. This is actually down around F4, but it's to hopefully bring a path for more women to come into those junior series. Um, it'll be 21 races across seven rounds. Um, it'll kick off at the Red Bull Ring in Austria on April 28th and 29th. Further standalone events will be in Valencia, and that will be at an actual circuit in Valencia, not the old street circuit mm. at, in the harbor. Um, Valencia, Barcelona, Zandvoort, Monza, and Paul Ricard until the end of July. Then there's going to be a three-month break with the championship concluding as a support race for the U.S. Grand Prix on October 21st and 22nd. Oh, that'll be cool. So, And that's so that they get the, the visibility within the F1 paddock. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to our predictions. Yes. And I will say, I caved this year. Uh-oh. And this is the first year in the history that we have been doing predictions that we will not be asking the question as to whether or not Kimi Raikkonen will leave at the end of the year. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> Well, that is good <laughs> since he was not in the sport last year or in the sport this year. But I, I had to call that out. That, that is the first time in all the years that we have been doing the predictions that we have not asked that question. Excellent. All right, let's begin. So we start where we always start. Um, who will win the Drivers' Championship this year? And I'm going to say it's going to be Max. I don't want it to be Max, but it's going to be Max. Max. Okay. Max. Wow. It, it it hurts my soul. Wow. I'm just going to caveat, this is what I predict will happen, not what I want to happen. Fair enough. That That's that's what these predictions need to be. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, our other traditional question, who will win the Constructors' Championship this year? Red Bull. Red Bull. Yeah, we're all unified on that one too, huh? All right. Let me enter that in before it goes into the vault. Will Lewis Hamilton retire at the end of 2023? No. I'm going to go with no for right, only because we have heard that. Um, there's supposed to be contract negotiations going on. No. Everyone says no. Okay. All right. Now, I worded this very deliberately because I want to make it clear that I didn't want anybody to go, well, you know, I predicted that it was going to be Lewis Hamilton and then he left, so I got this one. No. Specific question here. What driver that is not Lewis Hamilton will not have a seat for 2024. What driver? So Lewis can retire and it doesn't doesn't count. Yes. Okay. It it is a driver that is not Lewis Hamilton that will be out of a ride this year. The end of the year. 
Yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it? Nico Hulkenberg. Okay, so you've got Hulkenberg. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say Nicholas Latifi. Well, considering he's not driving at all this year. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you kind of blew that one. It's Logan Sargent who replaced him over at I, Williams. I don't um, know. I went with Yuki Sonoda. Oh, Yuki's a good choice. Can I um, double back to this one? Because I need to look up the roster. <clears throat> all right. Um, will AlphaTauri get sold this year? I didn't have that in until I decided I was going to put the story in the lineup. And then I was like, well, yeah, we got it. <laughs> I'm going with yes. I'm going to go with no. No. All right. Will there be a falling out between Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso? And we are just talking about the 2023 season. So will it break down this year or not? Yes. I'm going to go with yes as well, especially now that Lance busted his arms. <laughs> or which, however many wrists he broke. Yeah. Yes. All right. Who will score more points? McLaren or Aston Martin? Aston Martin. I'm going with Aston Martin, too. Aston Martin. And then for the driver retirement one, I'm thinking K-Mag. Magnuson, huh? All right. So between the boy and I, we think somebody's leaving Haas. Yeah. All right. Who will score more points? Perez or Sainz? Perez. Perez. I'm going with science. Really? Yep. Just because somebody's got to be different here. I mean, that's the only way you're going to win the prediction game is yeah. to be different. All right. Will Fernando Alonso get a podium? In, well, i got to change the year here because it's not 2022. It's 2023. Because originally that was the Sebastian Vettel question. So... <laughs> <laughs> Your editing skills are suspect. I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, I'm doing a yes too. No. All right. Who will score more points, George Russell or Lewis Hamilton? Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, you know, I had to go there. Hamilton. Had to go there. I did. I did. Russell. Again, I must caveat. This is not what I want to be wrong. And the two of us are going for Lewis. I want to be wrong. Who will score more points, McLaren or Alpha Tori? McLaren. McLaren. Wow, we're all going with McLaren there. A part of me doesn't think that Red Bull is going to put in that much investment into Alpha Tori for them to really succeed this year. 
Who will score more points? Piastri or Hulkenberg? Hulk. I think I'm going to go with Hulk too. Piastri. Someone's got to be different. <laughs> All right. Hulkenberg or DeVries? Hulk. Experience over new newness. Experience. I'm going with DeVries. Hulkenberg. Wow. Who will score more points? Magnuson or Albin? Hmm. K-Mag. K-Mag. He's in a better car, I feel. I don't know about that. It's just he's a better driver. I'm going with Albin. Actually, no. You're right. No, I'm going with Albin. <laughs> no, I'm starting to feel Albin. Yeah, Albin. All right. I'm sticking with K-Mag. Who's going to score more points, Williams or Haas? Williams. I'm going to go with Haas. Haas. Will a new team be announced in 2023? No. I'm going to go with yes. Yes. All right. The big prediction. I am going with Las Vegas is going to be super flashy and boring. It's not going to be a good race. Um, I don't think that that qualifies as a big prediction. Well, that's what I'm going with. I, I don't think it meets the criteria. What are the criteria for a big prediction then? It's what? whatever I said it to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing. You know for a fact that Formula One, any race that occurs in America, in the U.S., is going to be flashy and overdone, a la... It's not the flash. It, it's not... It, it's that, it. yes, it'll be a flashy race. You know, they'll, they'll do... They're going to try and outdo Miami, but overall, the race itself won't be good. Okay. As opposed to Austin. Okay. Yes, Austin is cheesy and goofy and flashy in how they hype it, but it can be a very good race. I think you need to to qualify that so that well, we that's remember. What I've got, but not a good race. I think you need to qualify that some more because otherwise, I'm not sure that it it qualifies as a big prediction. I'm putting here: Las Vegas will be flashy, but not a good race. I mean, you wanted to argue the year that I said we're going to have multiple races canceled due to COVID-19. You're like, well, that's going to happen. I'm like, no. And I was right. I argued that it was going to happen, and it did, but I argued that it was not a big prediction. Going for the chip shot does not a big prediction make. The idea is it's something that possibly could actually happen. But it should be Remember, something that is you got that last year. It should be something that is 
unexpected. So you're saying everybody expects that Vegas is going to suck? Yes, exactly. I didn't well, then I guess that you should, at all. Well, then I guess you should have gotten that prediction in before me. But now that I've got it, you can't do it. Come up with something else. I mean... <laughs> I predict that one of the prominent team principals will change teams this year. Or announce a team change for the following year. We've done that before, but okay. A prominent... Do we need to define a prominent team principal? No. No, we do not. Actually, we probably do because there's some team principals that are very well known to me, like Christian Horner and Total Wolf. And then there's others that are just like, they exist. Like, who's the team principal of Williams these days? I don't think they actually have one. See? Yeah, they do. Who is it? Um... No, he left. Shevlin? No, it was it's uh, James Vowles. It's James Vowles took over as the team principal. But and we over. knew that. And it was our story that James Vowles took over from Josh Capito. It was jo- Josh Capito. That's and who it's I now said James Vowles. Okay. Yeah, who is that? I don't know. Oh, who... But we know James. Ja- James. James Vowles was the chief strategist at Mercedes for the last couple of years. Um, and he left and he's now the team principal over at Williams. He's the one that when they screw up the strategy call, you hear, Lewis, this is James. Yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway, that's my prediction. What's your prediction, boy? That's the thing. I don't really have much of a big prediction. So my big prediction is, out of my sheer cluelessness, is that there isn't going to be some big headliner story happening. It's just going to be a standard, normal F1 season. He's predicting no major news. The news is there is no news. No major news. A boring season. It's possible. I mean, he could be right. Max could take it away from the beginning and nothing major happen. No controversies. It it could happen. That's a dangerous one to put in here because, you know, if the dictatorial prediction steward decides that <laughs> uh, anything has happened that has exceeded the threshold of boring, you lose that prediction. <laughs> I was pretty much clueless when I was trying to think of something that wasn't complete and utter rubbish. So I just went off with just the most clueless prediction I could think of that wasn't rubbish. Mm. All right. So you are basically throwing yourselves at the mercy of the prediction race stewards. Well, technically mom did that too when she had to, when she declared a significant <clears throat> team principal. Prominent. <laughs> yeah but you know we just have to talk about how prominent you know if Gunther Steiner moves on arguably he is considered to be prominent exactly so I would argue arguably, that all of them are I could make an prominent. argument on why um, this big headliner story that the editorial judge wants to say isn't boring is actually boring well, see, that's the issue. You have thrown yourself on the mercy 
of the dictatorial stewards at the end of the year. And who it knows what their opinion is going to be by the time we get to the end of the year. And if it's super close and they decide not to rule in your favor and pull a Michael Massey, you're screwed. Well, yeah, but... If <laughs> but you aren't you also able to do that for Mom's prediction too? He's not the dictator. Yes, I am. No, you're not. <laughs> Want to bet? <laughs> we have we have been democratic with all of the predictions. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> we have not. <laughs> okay. We most definitely have not. And since I'm the one who controls where the predictions live, and in the vault, I'm the one who makes the ruling. Basically, he just admitted live and on air that he changes his predictions. <laughs> and on that note, we are calling it a show. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Are they all gone? Is is everybody gone? (laughs) Huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. Whew.